and thank you for joining LTC NAC Chat, a podcast brought to you by the American Association of Nurse Assessment Coordination, ANAC. I'm your host, Rebecca, and I'm here again with Jesse McGill, Curriculum Development Specialist with ANAC, to continue our discussion on the SNF Quality Reporting Program. Welcome, Jesse. Hi, Rebecca. Thanks for having me. Jesse, last time you were here, you gave us an overview of the SNF QRP program and highlighted the changes of the program this year and left off with a plan to discuss what we can expect to see in the future for SNF QRP measures. That's right, Rebecca. And while we're still waiting on the SNF PPS final rule and future rulemaking, we do have an idea about what CMS is working on. Great. So let's start with what you were able to glean from the SNF PPS proposed rule, which was released in May. Sounds good. And the proposed rule, which comes out each spring, gives providers and stakeholders an opportunity to review the proposals and the ability to submit comments to CMS within the comment period. So for the proposed rule this year, all the comments were due by June 18th. And a PACN did submit comments. We collaborated with our expert panel members from both ANAC and AADNS associations and proposed some changes and some concerns based on the proposed for the SNF QRP changes on behalf of our members. For the SNF QRP and the proposed rule, CMS has proposed adding two new measures, transfer of health information measures. And if finalized, these would start collecting data on Medicare Part A discharges beginning October 1st, 2020. It sounds like if these measures are finalized, SNFs will have an entire year to prepare for this change. Is that right, Jesse? That is true. We do have time to prepare. But one thing to keep in mind is that these measures are process measures, which means they're more like the drug regimen review measure, which means we're not coding something on the resident. We're coding the MDS based on the completion of a process. Can you tell us more specifics about these measures, Jesse? So the first measure is a transfer of health information to the provider. And the second is a transfer of health information to the patient. CMS conducted pilot tests for both of these measures in different skilled nursing facilities and published the findings. And you can find these published reports in the Post-Acute Care Quality Initiatives CMS webpage. So essentially what these reports told us is exactly what questions are being asked and how they were piloted in the facilities. And these MDS questions will be based on if the facility provided a current medication profile to the subsequent provider or to the resident or caregiver. And for each of those questions, there is a follow-up question on what route or routes were used to provide this information. Do we know what kind of supporting documentation is needed for these future measures? Oh, that is a great question and something that we must consider. Like I said earlier, this is a process measure, which means we are simply measuring the process of whether or not the SNF completed the transfer of health information process. So in this case, did we provide the medication profile to the subsequent caregiver or to the resident, depending on where the resident discharge or transfers to? So how this is going to be supported is really going to be based on more information, future information from CMS, and likely from facility or organization policy. 
essentially the documentation in the resident's medical record must reflect that at the time of discharge or transfer, we provided the resident or that caregiver with the medication profile. CMS has not indicated any other further details on exactly what the REI manual would say for coding instructions and other information that would help us identify what needs to be in place. So we're not sure if we need to have some kind of a narrative box, excuse me, a narrative note or a checkbox to say, yes, this was completed at the time of discharge or transfer, or if we need to maintain a copy of what was actually provided to the resident or other provider. So a lot of unanswered questions in this regard. It sounds like there are still some unknown elements regarding this measure. Do we know exactly how many questions will be added to the MDS to collect this data? Yeah, so the impact looks like it's going to be pretty minimal for actual questions added to the MDS. It looks like there's four new questions, but you would only answer two of them based on the location of discharge or transfer. So essentially, if the resident is discharging to another provider, we're going to answer the transfer of health to a provider question and how we provided that information to them. Or if the resident discharges to the community, we're going to be answering the questions on providing a medication profile to the resident or the resident's caregiver and the follow-up question on the route of delivery of that information. So does that mean that the addition of this measure will not have a big impact on the next time? Uh, not necessarily. It really depends on how well and clearly documented this process is. Since this is a process measure, it really is focused on did we complete the process, did we document the process so we can code it on the MDS. If we have a very clear facility process of how we're going to document this transfer of health information, it could be very easy for the NAC to transfer that information onto the MDS. However, if the NAC has to spend a lot of time searching for this information among the entire medical record, then it could be very time consuming. That makes sense, especially since it's a process measure. Let's shift gears a little here and talk about another thing that was in the SNF PPS proposed rule, SPADES, or the Standardized Patient Assessment Data Elements. Ah, yes. This is another part of the SNF QRP requirements, and it is to adopt data elements that are used in the measure domains of the IMPACT Act. Now, sometimes new items are added to the MDS to meet these requirements, and sometimes CMS is able to use existing items to meet that SPADE requirement. So, for example, with Section GG, we had the Section GG added to the MDS for functional abilities and goals, and that was a new data element. It was adopted in order to meet the functional status domain of the IMPACT Act. And those Section GG items are also used in other post-acute care settings so that we have comparable data across the care continuum. Um, now, when we look at some of the other items like pressure ulcers, which are used in the skin integrity measure, we're going to utilize M0300 to calculate that new SNF-QRP measure. But CMS was able to adopt existing MDS items in order to capture that measure for that domain. So it really depends on what information needs to be gathered and what CMS believes we can use from either existing or new items to meet those space requirements for the domains. That's good to know, Jesse. Listeners, please stay tuned while we take a quick commercial break. 
Ready to take a deeper dive into PDPM? In our new PDPM intensive series for SNFs, master teacher Jesse McGill maps out the elements for successful transition. In this four-part virtual workshop series, you'll learn how to not just survive, but to thrive in PDPM. Learn more by visiting anac.org slash virtual workshops. Welcome back. Let's continue our discussion with Jesse McGill, Curriculum Development Specialist with ANAC, about the future of the SNF QRP measures. So Jesse, should we be expecting new items to be added to the MDS anytime soon? Not based on the SPADES elements in this year's proposed rule. CMS is just collecting provider comments this year, but they noted in the proposed rule that they will not yet be responding to the comments. Most of the proposals did aim at using existing MDS data. So for example, using the BIMS or the CAM assessment for cognitive function and mental status domain. However, there were a few proposals to add new data elements in areas such as high-risk medication, IV access, pain interference, and social determinants. So more to come on future rulemaking on what we'll see in those areas. That's a long list of things we could see added to the MDS. That is a great point, Rebecca. SNF leaderships and the nurse assessment coordinators need to be aware that the MDS is the assessment instrument that CMS uses to collect data from the SNF. And every post-acute care setting has their own assessment instrument. So CMS is using these assessment instruments to add data under the SNF QRP that are going to be completed across all the post-acute care settings. And this is going to provide comparable data and improve interoperability. So we need to be aware that there is still a lot of opportunity for the MDS to grow and expand and collect more data. So we have to keep that in mind, especially as we're looking at staffing and budgeting. Thank you, Jesse. We are just about out of time. Is there anything else you want our listeners to know about the SNF QRP? You know, I really want our listeners to be well aware of SNF QRP and the possible changes that it could bring to the MDS. But I don't want NACS to be scared of the SNF QRP measures. While we continue to see the changes in the MDS because of SNF QRP, there is a lot of support and training available. So I really encourage NACS to reach out and embrace the SNF QRP, continue to grow and understand, use your resources. On ANAC, we have a lot of podcast tools and articles that can really help our listeners improve their understanding of the SNF QRP program. Thank you, Jesse. This is helpful as facilities plan for these SNF QRP updates and how they impact the MDS. Listeners, thank you for joining LTC NAC Chat today. If you enjoyed the podcast, please hit the subscribe button so that you never miss a future update. For more resources and tools, please visit the ANAC website at www.aanac.org.